chapter eight of transition this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. transition by emma francis brooke chapter eight early next autumn when the term had recommenced lucilla informed honora that an opportunity had occurred and that she could if she liked accompany her that evening well where are we going oh you will see why be impatient to anticipate events when honora found herself seated by lucilla's side in a large hall that was at present three parts empty but was rapidly filling with people she felt just a little excited it was the first relief from school routine that she had allowed herself since her arrival in london besides lucilla had vouchsafed absolutely no information as to the nature of the entertainment she looked round about her with interest not a very distinguished set said she but there are some remarkably good faces in spite of the change in her attitude towards the school-work and the loosing of her faculties from rigidity to sunny activity under lucilla's influence honora was still honora lucilla had drawn out the best part of her nature she had not altered it honora's main position remained the same nor was her opinion about the event that had driven her from home changed her intercourse with her father was limited to regular letters tender upon his side gently respectful upon hers looking round now upon the audience that was fast collecting in the hall she seemed to discover a certain common quality in the faces with exceptions of course she seemed to distinguish the trace of an intellectual or at least strenuous life and a particular absence of ennui many looked tired none looked bored there were also evidences of something specially intimate and binding in their acquaintanceship one with another it was almost possible to pick out the mere curiosity seekers from the gathering for the rest the assemblage was difficult to classify absolutely there was even an infusion of fashion and philistinism side by side with the workman's jacket honora quite in the old style contented herself with remarking that they were not in the least like her set so far the platform which had been empty when they entered had not attracted her attention she was recalled from her wandering glances by hearing a man's voice declaring the meeting to be open and requesting the lecturer to read his paper the tones were unmistakable honora jumped as though she had been shot and her eyes wide open and almost terrified anxiously sought the platform the voice that had shocked her was leslie littleton's she found him standing upon the raised dais exactly opposite occupying the position of chairman of the meeting their glances met and a look of comical amazement shot into his face honora hot vexed and almost faint with horror 
shrank back in her chair both she and leslie had been willingly or unwillingly thinking each of the other since their interview in the rectory garden and for a few seconds there was a furious throbbing of pulses on either side at the unexpected encounter who is in the chair demanded she unreasonably and passionately of lucilla leslie littleton was the reply leslie littleton repeated honora do you know him i do where are we what is the meeting is it religious a ghastly doubt made for the moment the image of leslie real in her sight upon the platform lucilla slightly laughed we are in a socialist hall and this is a socialist gathering and a socialist lecture is about to be given some people affirm that socialism is religion honora bit her lip she could hardly say that the information relieved her though indeed the figure of her friend on the platform stood firmer to her gaze the lecture began but honora for a few moments neither saw nor heard anything the word socialism represented to her mind an obscure kind of ruffianism she glanced again at the audience and now read violent revolution and street rioting in the faces whose type had struck her as remarkable returning to the platform she found leslie sitting with his arms over the table his fingers tearing a little bit of paper to pieces and his head slightly bent ashamed of himself of course said she with a scorn which was a pure bit of deliberate self-mystification in the agitation of her discovery honora missed the opening portion of the lecture but not more than that for her attention was presently caught and then riveted she raised her eyes and looked at the speaker he was a man of something over thirty of small build and of no superfluous flesh and with a fine rugged head honora remarked the evidences of culture in voice manner and diction she was sensitive to these things she caught also the familiar air of the student this she thought is the kind of man who makes himself sure of his ground but there was something over and above that something which was absolutely new to her not only had the lecturer an unusual mastery over words a clearness and simplicity of thought and a fearlessness of expression that drove the sentences out in well-directed blows but in the matter of his lecture he himself had an indomitable faith deft and ingenious in the logical application of argument he might be but the main quality was burning conviction and absolute sincerity to a girl accustomed to the superior didactic manner the scholarly hesitation and careful non-self-committal of a cambridge lecturer this fire of sincerity was something astounding the kind of mental integrity which is called conviction is rare it is something very different from learned acquirement honora had never come across it before she was obliged to listen whether she wished it or not moreover there was humour and racy originality in the turn of some of the lecturer's phrases 
pointing to a very deep streak of the quality that should be common to all men but which has been almost lost to the race in the processes of civilization and that is of humanness with this honora was somewhat at cross purposes and the humour brought a frown to her brow however she was now listening with all her ears by and by she felt herself turning hot and giddy she had never heard a socialist lecture before and she was instantly struck by the coincidence in thought between her father and this determined leader of the disorderly advanced radically their position was the same the recognition of the fact threw her into a tumult of angry agitation how could her father have come into contact with these strongly flavoured ideas the blood flamed into her cheeks and her indignant eyes sought first leslie who did not look up and then lucilla it is a plot she thought in her wrath it must be a plot between them to make me come and listen to this ill-bred nonsense for honora impressed though she was by the man's power and sincerity remained intellectually quite undisturbed her temper not her mind was moved she marvelled that the audience could sit still under the unmitigated sentences it was a point of added vexation that honestly she could not treat this man of pronounced views with intellectual scorn his knowledge of history and economics was as profound as his logic was merciless this was no empty declaimer honora knew a trained mind when she met one just now he was touching upon the attitude of the church towards democracy a slight smile playing over his features and responded to by a rustle of applause from the audience presaged one of those sallies that made honora more furious than anything else even the bishops believe and tremble said he before entering on a smashing indictment of the timidity and hedging of the church in face of popular movements grossly impertinent muttered honora driven by her hatred of democracy to champion the cause of a church she had lightly laughed to scorn in former days who is the lecturer she whispered to lucilla his name is paul sheridan and who is paul sheridan a leader of modern thought of course the same head whose likeness hung on the walls of lucilla's sitting-room she looked at him with renewed interest the upshot of the contemplation was vexation on her part at her own inability to catalogue him he belonged to no category with which she was familiar during the rest of the lecture she sat with thumping heart and her hands clenched into two kid-gloved but very real fists she disdained to lift her eyes and to meet leslie's but kept paling under his imagined gaze the lecture being concluded a debate began this was a rather extraordinary commingling of astute cleverness on the part of a few with the usual randomness of suggestion on the part of the many 
there was considerable heat and fire on all sides and what was wanting in reasonableness was made up for by energy occasionally an evident sense of personal injury carried speakers away and disorder occurred on which occasions leslie found it necessary as chairman to ring a little bell honora was forced again to admire the lecturer he was equal to the management of a rather obstreperous crowd his repartee being swift and clever and always winning to the heart while his more serious replies were clear and ready and his patience kindly on the whole he was more admirable in reply even than in the lecture if she could but have despised him once she glanced at lucilla rather to her surprise lucilla's head was downcast and the features sad and pale honora had rather expected to find her looking exhilarated the debate being over people began to disperse and honora rose with the rest the platform was already vacated and the natural and proper course was surely for mr littleton to present himself no one appeared however save mr sheridan who came forward to greet lucilla and the latter took the opportunity of introducing him to that one of his audience who was least delighted with his oratory upon coming down from the platform mr sheridan's manner had completely lost the joyous militancy which had characterized it his bearing was now very quiet modest and retiring shyness as an accompaniment of ability and force of character has a charm it rather set off than obliterated the strong lines of his head and jaw for a moment however it misled honora perhaps the man was not quite what he had looked up there on the dais there was something almost appealing in his eyes encouraged by this hint of trepidation she ventured a remark that struck her as final if everything were equally divided to-day to-morrow there would be rich and poor again said she with her condescending air the grave timidity of the eyes looking into her own changed instantly to amusement it would be rather difficult to divide some things equally wouldn't it main drains for instance said he honora started she blushed things of that kind have to belong to everybody she snapped well try and extend the communal quality of main drains to all things in the excited state of her feeling this was more than she could bear and traces of her discontent appeared in her manner mr sheridan instantly withdrew from the interview apologizing as he did so for any offence he might inadvertently have given by a stiff but courteous bow and a smile of such inimitable sweetness that it made matters worse by placing her hopelessly in the wrong ruffian was the illogical comment with which she relieved her anger honora drawn up to her full height now glanced impatiently over the crowd littleton she discovered with his broad back turned to her and his shoulders inclined towards a stout round woman who was discoursing with volubility honora rather gratuitously assumed that leslie's preoccupation was feigned let us go said she to lucilla it is suffocatingly hot in the dark tumult of the streets her heat cooled down to depression 
she followed lucilla along the crowded pavement to a corner where omnibuses continually drew up to carry away the knots of passengers who as continually renewed themselves here the two girls stood silently side by side waiting with the rest the roar of the city about them lucilla was still pale downcast and silent but an incident occurred which seemed to startle her at once into a markedly changed condition for in spite of her force of character she was built on the usual lines of a woman with a swifter responsiveness to influences than the other sex and with nervous centres more easily perturbed miss dennison honora turning round saw a man raising his hat and holding out his hand to lucilla his face with the street light flaring in it was plainly to be seen it was dark and foreign he was a tall man slenderly even elegantly built the countenance was gentle and cultivated and it was beautified now by a peculiarly luminous smile honora might have found it attractive but she habitually hated foreigners and indeed preferred all her acquaintances of the male sex to be built upon rather conventional lines so that as she expressed it you might know where you had them ah monsieur d'auvernay is it you lucilla rather timidly extended her hand even honora thought reluctantly at the same time there were evidences in her face of subdued excitement you are out alone can i not help you may i not escort you it was excellent english and spoken with only the slightest accent thank you i have a friend with me and the bus will be here directly you have been the stranger with an expressive gesture indicated the street out of which they had just come yes paul sheridan has been speaking the stranger shrugged his shoulders drew himself up with a swift natural movement and shook back his handsome head for he was handsome honora saw it now unusually handsome and he looked particularly so at the moment with a kind of inspired disdain animating his features i wish that you understood us mr sheridan better he and you are working to the same end it is only the method that differs the frenchman smiled a row of even teeth glittered under his moustache i trust you miss dennison the stress on the pronoun excluded mr sheridan honora was surprised to see that lucilla dropped back to the pale depressed manner i wish i could induce you to visit our place he continued oh well perhaps i shall one day the tone was hurried and nervous but i have very little time honora here is our bus the stranger disappeared and from the confusion of traffic lucilla selected the right vehicle by a fortunate chance as it appeared to her less experienced companion and the two girls got in and sat down silently side by side that frenchman does not seem to have a good opinion of mr sheridan but dear me lucilla said honora tartly i never saw a man who is less likely to be affected by other people's opinion than to-night's lecturer lucilla making no reply honora turned her face to the window to watch the street figures and the little bits of woeful drama that flashed to her in the partial light 
here a solitary form near the brilliant window of a gin palace fighting a losing battle in the grip of vice there a whispering pair whose shoulders were shaped to so much degradation in their common secret that the eyes shrank involuntarily away here an organ grinder handling music for a drunken girl who danced in a horrible isolation while the indifferent crowd passed on there a poverty-stricken woman counting coppers in her palm while her blear-eyed child stared at the gaslight shining in her fevered haggard face other figures there were of happier and more innocent suggestion but all as it seemed to honora tracked in that dreadful city by the silent foot of inevitable disaster suddenly she laid her hand on lucilla's two men were threading their way amongst the foot passengers side by side the broader of the two forms was littleton's and the slighter was sheridan's the girls watched them until they were lost in the crowd and then honora leaned back and closed her eyes i'm sure i don't know whose ears i want to box whether my own leslie's or the lecturer's thought she End of chapter 8